Good evening, everyone. Uh, this morning, uh, I, I introduced a new series that is going to be running here at, at Windsor for the next kind of three months or so, both mornings and evenings. And it's a series called Unforced Rhythms, which is going to be looking at and kind of going back to look at spiritual disciplines, which are those practices that kind of promote and facilitate our spiritual growth. They are those kind of habits of devotion that have been used by the people of God throughout history as kind of part and parcel of their Christian discipleship. There have been exercises that Christians have done for years and years that kind of feed and fuel their, their faith. Uh, we're going to identify them in a moment, but one of the things that I said and I shared earlier, just speaking from personal experience and just my own observations, is that as I look over my own life, and as I also kind of look at the lives of others, I've discovered over many years that whenever these spiritual disciplines are not just present, but they're also practiced, that whenever those things are being done in our lives, then there is evidence of growth. There is a greater chance of survival, whereas whenever I or others begin to drift or whenever apathy kicks in, whenever I kind of lose my way, lose touch, I often find that spiritual disciplines are missing in my life or in the lives of others, or else they've become virtually non-existent. So I'm, I'm convinced that these things are vital, which is why they're always worth revisiting time and time again. I mean, we've looked at these in the past. We've looked at them at least a couple of times in the 10 years that I've been here, but I just think they're so worth going back and, and looking at again. Now, I'm not going to repeat if you were here this morning. How many people were here this morning? Just as a matter of interest, right? There's a number. There's lots who weren't as well. But I'm not going to repeat all I said this morning. Don't worry. But I do need to restate a few things just by way of introduction and for those who, who weren't here. There is, there is a book and there is a kind of journal to accompany this series. And both of them are, are here this evening. The book is called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. And that'll be a kind of great resource uh, to have as we go through this series. We're going to cover a lot of what's in here and more. And then there is this journal that Mark has brilliantly designed for us. And uh, we'd love you to take one of these and use these during the series. Journaling is, is one of the spiritual disciplines that's covered in this book. And I am going to be saying something more about it later. But let me encourage you, uh, even if the idea of journaling is not your thing, uh, and I'll say more about that as well later, uh, to grab one of these. Uh, we, I, I don't, Gordon, how many of these books are left? I know we had a hundred of them. There's only six left. Whoa, right, okay. Stampede now, over to Gordon. Uh, so there's only six of these left. We had a hundred this morning. Are we getting more? Yeah, we're going to get more. So uh, if you're the first six, <laughs> sorry about that. We have 250 of these. How many have we left? <laughs> Plenty of these left. Okay, so if you want to grab, for both of these, they're 10 quid. Uh, I think that's five on its own. That's eight on its own, uh, and you, as I say, you can grab one tonight. I did say this morning that, that you can kind of pay by card and PayPal and use Apple. F p p Somebody said to me I sounded like an American TV evangelist, so I'm really sorry this <laughs> Yeah, just come. So, yeah, that's not helpful. Uh, but anyway, you can pay by all those ways. Right, the third, the third thing by way of general introduction is that we're going to be talking about and digging deeper into spiritual disciplines in our small groups as well. Uh, during this, actually during the whole year we're going to be doing that, not just this term. Uh, so uh, if, you, if you want to engage with small groups uh, for the first time, it would be a good, a good time to do it. Okay, so what are spiritual disciplines? What are the ones we're going to be looking at? Well, before I show the list I showed this morning, I want to give the four specific reasons I, I shared for why we should do spiritual. I mean, what is the point of them? 
what is their purpose? Well, the first is godliness. As Christians, we are called to a particular way of life, a particular way of living. And it can be summed up in this kind of one word, which is godliness, which also means holiness. It means Christ-likeness. We are to be, those of us who are followers of Jesus, we are to be godly. We are to be holy. We are to become more like Jesus. And, and the Bible teaches that it is God's desire to form us and to conform us and to transform us into the image, into the likeness of his son. That's 2 Corinthians 3.18 for those who are taking notes, Romans 8.29. But that's the journey that we are on. That's the journey God has taken us on, conforming us, transforming us, forming us into the image of Jesus. That's what discipleship means, following, learning, becoming more like Jesus in word, in attitude, and in action. So the question is, how do we travel in that direction? What is actually involved, which takes us to something that Paul said to Timothy, and this is going to be a key verse of this series, 1 Timothy 4, 7, discipline yourself, says Paul to Timothy, discipline yourself, why? For the purpose of godliness, or in another translation, train yourself to be godly. King James Version, exercise thyself unto godliness. If we're going to be godly, if we're going to be holy, if we're going to be Christ-like, then we need to train we need to exercise towards that goal. And spiritual disciplines are the training program. They are the things, they are the activities that we do for the purpose of godliness. They're not an end in themselves, they're a means to an end. And so the purpose of this series is not to see more people doing more spiritual disciplines. That would be great. But the bigger purpose, the reason for this series is to see more people becoming more like Jesus, to see more people becoming more godly, more holy through spiritual disciplines. John Wesley described discipline, these disciplines as practices that put us in a place where we are transformed by God's grace. It's as we do these things, it's as we choose to do these things, it's as we set aside time to do these things that we place ourselves, we position ourselves in a place where God, by his spirit, shapes us, molds us, forms us, conforms us, transforms us. Spiritual disciplines are right doing that leads to right being. Spiritual disciplines, right doing that leads to right. So why spiritual disciplines? Godliness. Second reason, intimacy. They're about intimacy with God. Spiritual disciplines nurture and develop our relationship with God. They enable us to spend time with our Father. Third reason, Jesus did them. Jesus engaged in practice such as, such as the reading of Scripture. He memorized Scripture. Jesus prayed. He got up early in the morning. He went off to soldier. He was off to the mountains to pray, to talk to his Father. He fasted. He gathered with others on a regular basis to worship. And so the reason we do them, the reason for spiritual disciplines is because Jesus did them. And then the fourth thing for guarding your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. It affects everything else you do. How do you guard your heart? Recognizing that the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. How do you guard your heart? If above all else, this is one of the most important things you can do. For me, one of the ways you guard your heart is through spiritual disciplines. Okay, so there's the four reasons. What exactly are they? Here's a list of activities I put up this morning, uh, Bible reading, Bible study, memorization, Bible meditation, prayer, worship, evangelism, serving, stewardship, fasting, silence, solitude, journaling, learning. Not an exhaustive list. I said this morning, I have a book at home, 75 disciplines in it. We're not going to look at those 75, but we are going to cover a few other ones like unplugging. 
uh, Sabbath and rest, simplicity and examine, for example. So that's where we're going to cover these. Those are the ones that are covered, most of those. In fact, I think all of those are covered in that book, uh, but we're, we're going to branch out as we So why is the series called Unforced Rhythms? Uh, well, let me read Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. I read it this morning. This is from the message. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Then Jesus says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And so this is a series about what it means to keep company with Jesus. A series about what it means to keep company with Jesus and to learn some more of those unforced rhythms of grace. Means that we, as I say, it means if we're going to do this, we're going to need to commit time to it. We're going to need to commit. We're going to need to set aside time. We're going to have to make time because at the root of all discipline is the disciplined use of time. And then unless we invest time, then we're not going to get very far with these things because these things require us to set aside time to do them. Okay, so what I said I was going to do this morning or this evening more is I'm going to look at some barriers to spiritual discipline, some of the excuses that we often use for not doing spiritual disciplines. I'm also going to talk about seasons and circumstances, and then I'm going to deal with the, the discipline of journaling. And I really wish that car alarm would go off, but anyway, that's okay. So what are the potential barriers that stand in the way of our training? Well, I'm going to give you four for those of you who are taking notes, here are, here are four barriers to spiritual disciplines. And the first is this, and, and we kind of need to be honest about this. The first is a lack of desire. Do you know, if there is no desire for godliness, if, if there is no desire for intimacy with the Father, if there is no desire to be like Jesus, because Jesus, if there is no desire to guard your heart, then you're probably not going to do the spiritual disciplines. It kind of like boils down to that. Someone has said that we engage in spiritual disciplines because we love God and we want to know him better. But if that, if that desire is gone, if, if we have lost that love, if we have lost our first love, then it is highly unlike we're going pers to pursue spiritual disciplines. Lack of desire is a genuine obstacle. And, and so if, even at the start, I say, if you kind of like rip it right back, and if we go right back to a question that Jesus asked to Peter on one occasion, he said this, Peter, do you love me? And in many ways, it, it, it kind of boils down. Do we love God? Do we love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength, and all our mind? Because if the answer is yes, then we will overcome that barrier. But if the answer is no, or we're unsure, then as I say, the disciplines will probably remain unpracticed. So lack of desire is a barrier. Second barrier is legalism. Now, a few people spoke to me about this after this morning. Legalism, or maybe a fear of it anyway. You see, some people are nervous about spiritual disciplines, or they avoid them because they sound or seem very legalistic. So here we have a list of things that you must do to be a Christian. Now, it is true that, that spiritual disciplines can become legalistic. They definitely can. They can become legalistic if they're kind of done as empty rituals or in an attempt to win God's approval and love. One of the worst things that can happen with spiritual disciplines is that we think, well, if I do them, God will be pleased with me. 
But if I don't do them, God is going to be angry with me or not impressed by me. And so spiritual disciplines can be turned into this a kind of set of soul-killing laws. And, that become, and that's an obstacle that we need to clear. The way to overcome that barrier, to make sure they don't become legalism in our lives or legalistic, or we don't approach them in a legalistic way, is to see their real purpose, the real reason for them. Those four reasons for them. This is why I'm doing this. Not to earn God's favor. Not to tick a box and say, well, I've done it today and therefore God's going to bless me. It's not about that. It's to see the reason for the purpose in them. Godliness, intimacy. Because Jesus did them and to guard my heart. If we see the real reason in them, then we'll overcome this whole idea of legalism. Third barrier is guilt. Or again, the fear of it. Some of us have been down this road before. Some of us have, have tried to be disciplined. Some of us have had seasons where we've practiced these activities, but if we're honest, they've slipped. They've maybe not slipped off the radar altogether, but they have slipped off our schedules. And so we feel, or people can end up feeling guilty or ashamed about that. And so you become then nervous about making any commitments or recommitments or new commitments around these practices. Can I just say, please do not allow guilt to be a barrier. Be honest before God. Seek forgiveness if necessary, but allow these practices to restore your relationship with God. Let these practices, again, to quote Wesley, to put you in a place where you're transformed by God's grace. Don't let guilt be a barrier. Don't let shame be a barrier, but it can be. And then the fourth barrier, final one, is the enemy. I don't want to be melodramatic, but we have an enemy who does not want us to be godly. We have an enemy who does not want us to be holy, who does not want to see us becoming more like Jesus. And so he will do anything and everything he can to keep us from praying, to keep us from reading scripture, to keep us from seeking silence and solitude, to keep us from serving. And so he lies and he tempts and he masquerades as an angel of light and he prowls around seeking our destruction. And we need to be aware of that. It's a barrier. And what do we need to do? We need to submit to God Resist the enemy in order to clear that barrier that could block our path. So four barriers. Lack of desire. Do we love, do we love God? If we love God, I believe we'll pursue these. Legalism. Do we just do them to tick a box, to earn God's favor approval? Guilt, shame. It's become a barrier. I'm, I've, I've tried this before. And then just recognizing the enemy. But I want to mention four possible excuses. Don't know if these are barriers, but maybe these are more excuses for not engaging. And I'm, I'm not trying to get anyone in this. I really am not. But when it comes to training, training requires responsibility. And so we've got to acknowledge that at times when it comes to being responsible for things, we do make excuses for not doing them. And one of the first excuses that we, that we make is this. I don't have enough time. I just don't have enough time. And I know I'm stating the obvious, but you know, no one has more time and no one has less time. No one has more time and no one has less time. We all have 24 hours a day. And so what we're actually saying whenever we say we don't have enough time is it's not actually about time, it's about priorities, isn't it? What matters most to us will always show up in our day-to-day -day lives. What matters most to us will always show up in our day-to-day -day lives. Our diaries, our schedules, what we value will happen 
It just does. We make time for what we value, what we think is important. So one of the key questions we've got to ask ourselves is this. Is time with God? Is time pursuing spiritual? Is that a priority or have other priorities taken precedence in our lives? And if we're serious about this, then the choice is relatively simple. And the choice is this. Can I subtract time from other less important activities in order to train for the purpose of godliness? Time is an issue. I know that. But it's not an excuse. Second possible excuse is this one. Others are way ahead of me. Others are way ahead of me in this. I'll never catch up. (laughs) Hebrews 12 tells us that we're in a race. It's not how it describes the Christian life and this journey that we're on. But you know something? We're not up against anyone else. We're not up against anyone else. We're not trying to outrun anyone else. The goal is Jesus. That's the goal of this race. Fix your eyes and that's what keeps you going. That's what we're aiming for. We're running towards him and therefore do not compare yourself to others. Don't let others intimidate you. People say, I mean, you read some of the great heroes of the faith and some of these great heroes of the faith got up like at about 4 a.m. and spent three hours in prayer, right? And I know people have said this to me. I just, I just am intimidated when I read about the practice of others around spiritual disciplines. Don't let others intimidate you. Don't let others intimidate. Just put one foot in front of the other. Start now and activate your own training program. And the third possible excuse, and maybe it links back to something I said earlier, I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like praying today. (laughs) I just don't feel like reading God's word. I don't feel like spending time alone with my father. And I know we can all identify with this, and yet one of the most important, and yet for most other things that requires discipline and training, whether it's running a marathon, whether it's playing an instrument, whether it's sitting in an exam, whether it's learning a language, if feelings are left to dictate then we'll probably not get very far. If any of us wait until we feel like doing spiritual disciplines, I'm not sure we'll ever do them. There are times, yeah, we do. But most of the time, maybe I'm just being honest, there are lots of times I just do not feel like it. But if we let feelings dictate, which takes us back to purpose, because remember what I said this morning, discipline without direction is drudgery. Discipline without direction is drudgery. But if you can see a reason in it, if you understand the goal of it, then you will not allow feelings to dictate. Fourth possible excuse is this one, and it's just too hard. And it is. And for wrong to say it isn't, it really is. And yet, have you ever done anything of any lasting significance that was easy? Anything significant that you do or undertake will be hard, at least some of the time. Training for anything is hard. Exercising is hard. And so the question never is, is it hard? The question always is, is it worthwhile? Is it worthwhile? Spiritual disciplines are not always easy, but godliness, intimacy, modeling Jesus, guarding your heart, they're always worthwhile. Keep the goal in mind. Keep the purpose in view. This is why I'm doing this. So four barriers, four excuses. Let me encourage you to overcome them and avoid using them. So then let me say something really quickly. And I know I'm cramming a lot in here, but let me say something about seasons and circumstances. Because again, I think this is important. You often hear people talking about the season of life they're in. 
And, and I think it is important that we recognize that we do go through and we find ourselves in different seasons. And those different seasons do impact the presence and practice of spiritual disciplines. Now, I'm not so much thinking of age or stage of life, although age and stage of life are relevant, okay? But I'm not so much thinking about that. I'm more thinking of seasons that we go through in our spiritual journey, like winter, spring, summer, and autumn. Do you know there are times, there are seasons we go through, and there will be people going through these who are here tonight, who are not here tonight, where it feels like winter. Where it feels like winter. There are dark days. There are difficult days. They feel cold. There are people who go through seasons like that. There are others who find themselves in spring, sense of new beginning, sense of growth, sense of anticipation of what might be, what could be. There are times when it feels like we're going through a season of summer, we're bright days, better days, good days, we're enjoying it. And then there are times when it feels like autumn, season of transition, a season of waiting and all of all of that. And I know we could develop this further, but at the very least, we've got to recognize that we do go through and we do find ourselves in different seasons. And I'll guarantee you, if we kind of shared and we were honest with one another, there are people here tonight and you're going through those kind of seasons in your Christian life. And whatever season you're going through does impact the presence and practice of spiritual disciplines. And I think we need to be honest about that and real about that. And certain disciplines become more relevant in different seasons. And so I just wanted to raise that and mention that. And, and following on from that is, is, is circumstances, life circumstances play a part. And so there will be people what, go through illness. There are people who are at a stage of life where they're raising children, raising young kids, looking after young kids, looking after elderly parents. And so there are certain disciplines, for example, there are some people who are incredibly busy in their lives and that's, the, that's the, their circumstances that they find themselves in and therefore they long for, they long for silence and solitude. There are other people who spend most of the day in the house by themselves. They don't seek silence and solitude, they seek other things. And we've got to recognize that people are in different circumstances in their lives and those do impact the practice and presence of spiritual disciplines. And I know I, I haven't said much about both of those issues of seasons or but, but I just wanted to put that out there because it is one of the things that people say to me and, and re reflect back to me. And some did this morning, just said, listen, what I'm going through, I just don't have the energy. I don't even have the space. I don't have the capacity because of what I'm dealing with and going through. And I do think we need to recognize that and be real about that and be honest about that. So what season are you in at the moment? What are your circumstances? Journaling. <laughs> now, I, I'm really tempted to work, find, ask people to stick a hand up if you do journal, but I'm not going to do that, right? Because I know some do and others don't, and some of you can think of nothing worse. I received an email this afternoon. Now, I'm not going to mention any names nor look in any direction, right? But I received an email this afternoon, and, and here's what it said, right? And I'm quoting Thanks for this morning. Really enjoyed it. Appetite well whetted for the series. Good luck for convincing me on journaling tonight. I'm a bit of a skeptic. Okay? So I realize there are people who, when it comes to journaling, will react very differently. But seeing that we are making journals available and encourage people to use journal, I thought I needed to say something. And one of the chapters in that book of Donald Whitney's is all about journaling. So this is a really quick few thoughts on journaling. A journal is a place... Here's a definition of a journal, by the way. A journal is a place, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a book. Some people do it digitally and all of that, I know. Right? But it is a place in which a person records information important for them for preservation or consideration. That, that, that's what it's all about. 
Recording information that is worth hanging on to and considering further. And, and so for a Christian, a journal can be a place to note down the important lessons that are being learned. Challenges to want to consider, quotes to remember, scripture to memorize, thoughts to pursue, ideas to discuss. So for some people, a journal can include daily events. For some people, they, they, they record key conversations. They list people that they're going to pray for. It can be a place for reflecting. It can be a place for written prayers, key questions, scribbles and drawings. One of the really interesting things from this morning is whenever some people open the journal and discover there are no lines, that freaked some people out. Okay, so if you're one of those people who go, oh, I can't cope with this, there are no lines, I'm going to have to be creative, like, just go with it, unforced rhythms and all that, okay? So, uh, but anyway, Donald Whitney, who wrote this book, here's what he says, as long as people have been able to write, they have written about what is most important to them, and thus the people of God, of course, have recorded their thoughts about the things of God, and they have done in something akin to what is re- today is referred to as a journal. Is, 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 is it essential? No. Is it explicitly biblical? Don't think so. But let me give you a few reasons why it might be a good idea. Okay, here's what I believe journaling helps in, and some of these are are in the book if you want to read in further. But here's a number of things. Journaling helps us to record and reflect. Do you know, the discipline of writing down key thoughts and feelings can enable us to process what's important and to process what is actually going on. If we actually take time, to do, you know, it can be an aid in kind of self-evaluation and understanding. A journal can be a kind of mirror that enables us to see certain things more clearly because we've taken the time to like scribble about them, write about them, jot them down. I, I, I really believe that. And following on then, journaling helps us express thoughts and feelings to God. A journal can be a great place to pour out your heart to God. It can be a great place to write your prayer, prayers. It can be a great then resource in your own devotional life. Plus, it helps to clarify and articulate insights. Taking the time to write, to actually put something down, focuses the mind. It focuses my mind. Just doing that, just simple exercise of sitting down and writing something, just focuses the mind. Thirdly, it helps us to remember. Writing things down in a journal means we don't forget, or we're less likely to forget. It ensures, for me, and it ensures that things stick a little bit longer. I know someone said to me on the way out this morning that they do journal and they say, do you know something? We hear things, things maybe said at church, things we've read, and if I journal about it, if I write it down, I'll remember it, or I'm more likely to remember it, or I'll read back and get it. But you see, if I don't, although it's a great thought, I discover that not long after I've forgotten it. And so that it helps us to remember, plus you can read back and recall. I I have kept a journal for years and it's kind of ebbed and flowed, but one of the best things about keeping a journal for me anyway is the opportunity it provides to kind of read back and to just see what was going on at that stage in my life. What was God saying to me at that stage? What was I wrestling with? What What has changed in the time since that? So it helps us to remember and recall. It helps in further meditation, do you know the art of writing things down does help us to pay more closer attention to it? And, and this is very true of meditating on Scripture. And this is, this is something we're going to be we're looking at and thinking about. But writing things down does help us to, to concentrate and to be more attentive, to kind of stay focused in the moment. And therefore, for some people I know, that when it comes to reading Scripture... If, if, if they write it down, I mean, that, that psalm that, we, that we've read this evening, and as, as Stephen has said, like it has been a real source of encouragement to him this week. But you see, if you were to just to sit down tonight and just to, in, in, a, in your journal and just write that psalm out and just meditate on it as you're, I'll guarantee you it would, it would go deeper down. 
That, that's just the kind of way that it works. Often that's why we, we learn more often when we take notes. It's why people do take notes sometimes, because they can be more attentive if they're taking notes. So it helps us with further meditation. And then finally, it helps in maintaining other spiritual disciplines. The simple act of journaling, and especially during a series at church, can in itself act as a prompt and a reminder to practice the other disciplines. So those are just a few reasons why it might be helpful to consider journaling, but at the end of the day, it's just a good way of paying attention to our lives. It's just a great tool for reflecting on God's presence, God's guidance, and God's nature. And it's just a way for you to be with God and with your thoughts. So uh, to that skeptic (laughs) and to anyone else, just give it a go. Just for three months even. Just give it a go. So tonight, before I hand back to Dean, very much by way of introduction, but as we start this, this new series together, I do hope and pray, here, here's my hope and prayer, that we will choose to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Because kind of that's what it boils down to. That we choose, Paul's advice to Timothy, Timothy, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And at the end of the day, that's the choice we face. Am I going to choose to discipline myself, to practice spiritual disciplines for the purpose of godliness? Am I going to choose to use these to keep company with Jesus, to allow these to become unforced rhythms of grace in my life? Starting next Sunday night, then we're going to look at worship. But if you want to take one thought away, you want to write one thing in your journal, Here's a phrase I used earlier, used this morning. Spiritual disciplines are right doing that leads to right being.